Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hi, everyone. Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. Today, I have with me a special guest, Alexis Hasselberger. Hopefully, I've said it right. She is like me. She is a time management and productivity coach who helps people do more and stress less through coaching workshops and online courses. Her pragmatic yet fun approach helps people easily integrate practical, realistic strategies into their lives so that they can do more of what they want and less of what they don't. Who doesn't love that? Alexis has taught thousands of individuals to take control of their time, and her clients include Google, Lyft, Workday, Capital One, Upwork, and more. So here's the really fun thing. Welcome aboard, Alexis. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on, Catherine. I'm very psyched. I have just wrapped up a month of talking about habit building. And so while Alexis and I are meeting, I'm actually in the process of recording it because we do record things in advance. And so I always like to bring on people who have a different way of looking at building habits. So my first question to you, Alexis, and I'll see if you're similar to me, New Year's resolutions or no? So I think that like I don't do New Year's resolutions personally because I think they're totally arbitrary. But for some people, they really like that kind of fresh start effect, right? Of a new year or a new week or a new month. And so one thing that I always try to do when I'm working with my clients is see like, is that something that resonates with them or do they not care about it, right? Because I think we need to build our strategies around who we actually are. So yeah, so for me, no, if I want to do something and it's September 13th, that's the day I do it. But I know that a lot of people really feel this kind of New Year's renewal. Now, see, that's like me too. I just think if I'm going to start a good habit, I'm just going to start it whenever. I try not to start new eating habits right as say Thanksgiving because I know I'm going to fail. <laughs> so I will say when it comes to eating habits, I can see why a lot of people decide to establish them at the beginning of the new year. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think when you put that word resolution around it, that things tend to be too big, the goals. And at least with my clients, I'm guessing yours too. We need teeny tiny baby step goals. Yep. You know, if I'm trying to lose 20 pounds, which I am, I'm going to think about five pounds because I don't think I can put my head around more than five pounds. And maybe I'm also going to think about I'm only going to eat dessert on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I'm building a habit around the goal. Yeah. Maybe another habit, 
which we're actually doing, is eating a strictly vegetarian meal Mm. two nights a week. So we're cutting some meat out. So adding in these healthy habits that help us attain that goal that's teeny, teeny, tiny (laughs) to start. Yes, I 100% believe in baby steps. And I think that, I don't know if this happens with you, but I think sometimes it's a little, it's a little frustrating for clients because they're like, no, I have this thing. I want to do this huge thing. And I'm like, yes, but like, we got to get there by starting small because we can't go from zero to a hundred in a month. Like it's just not going to happen and you're going to be frustrated. Uh, And so I, I totally agree. Like we have to not only start a little bit smaller, but also like we can have that big long-term goal, but we want to break it down (laughs) into phases or chunks. And then I think, you know, what you're talking about too is I, you know, we call them like lead indicators, right? It's like, I can't control actually if I'm going to lose 20 pounds or not, but I can control what I put in my mouth (laughs) and I can control like how often I get out to exercise. And so focusing on those behaviors, I think is a much, um, it's more, more sustainable way to get to your goal. Right. And honestly, if I'm really thinking about it, it's less about losing weight for me and it's more about losing some inches. I mean, my favorite jeans don't quite fit and things like that. So I would rather focus in on that. And inches we can get to both by how we eat, Mm -hmm. but also by how much we're exercising. Mm -hmm. And even in all these very, they're not as cold for you in San Francisco, but they're very cold for me here in Connecticut. Even in these cold days, I'm out walking. It is brutal. <laughs> I, I was out in a face mask yesterday. The only thing that was left was my eyes sticking out like a little raccoon. And all I could think the whole time I was walking was, I wish I'd put on my ski goggles, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Can you imagine me walking down the street wearing ski goggles? But it was that cold. Hey, a lot of things I think that are good for us, they don't look great. You know, (laughs) like a lot of times we're trying to do the things that are right for us. And if we worry too much about what other people think, then we're not going to get what we need. Oh yeah. That's, that's a recipe for failure right out of the gate. So speaking of recipe for failure with people who have ADHD, they frequently have very high emotions, Mm -hmm. uh, what they call RSD, which I think is called rejection sensitive dysphoria. And so with RSD, If you fail, it's like you crash and burn so hard. So our clients don't realize like we're taking on baby steps so that you have success, so that you feel good, so that you can move forward to the next step and actually get to your goal. It's going to take you six months instead of six days. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. And also, I mean, I think that, so we've all been fed this total BS lie, right? That like, you can build a habit in 30, you know, 21 days or whatever it is. And the research, as I'm sure, you know, just doesn't bear that out. Right. It's like habits take, you know, kind of a average of a couple of months and really up to kind of nine months to a year of consistent effort. And I think that can be sometimes a little demoralizing for people to like, in some way that makes them feel good. Cause they're like, okay, it's not just me. And in other words, they're like, wait, how many months (laughs) till I got this under my belt? You said, what, how long? (laughs) And we can get a long way with our clients in three months, as long as they're looking at a long way being some small habits that get them started on the right track. So I have clients sometimes who will come and work with me for, say, three to six months, and then go take a six-month long break and then come back and say, all right, let's do a little bit more on this. I'm ready to take it to the next level. Because we want them to come aware and then go and try the things and then see how they work. Yep. A perfect client 
example right now, two of my clients have discovered they are not digital planners. They have to be analog. They want to use bullet journal. So mm-hmm. suddenly here I am, the ultimate kind of analog, a digital planner, having yep. to learn bullet journal. So I kind of understand what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so I joined like bullet journal planning for ADHD on Facebook, that group, so that I could just learn about it. Because yeah. it's definitely not my superpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I am like you, right. I am a hundred percent digital with all of my tasks and planning and things like that. And I have clients who they need, they need paper. Right. And so we develop what, you know, get to work towards a system that works for you. And I feel like it's really iterative, right? I think a lot of people want just like, here's the answer. And the reality is that just doesn't exist because we got to figure out what works for you. Right. There's everybody is like a snowflake. There is a snowflake. That sounds terrible, but we're each as unique as a snowflake. And so that means we have different ways of learning, thinking, doing, and we need you and I to meet our clients where they are. Right. And they may be over in bullet journal land when we're in Google calendar land. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I'm always telling people like the way that you should do something is the easiest, best way for you to do it. Right. And we'll help you get there. Right. Like I want it to be as easy as possible for people because all this stuff is hard stuff. Absolutely. And the easier, the better. So as we're building habits, what are some easy ways in addition to what we've already talked about to build our habits? Yeah. So I often talk to my clients about like, what are different science-backed habit strategies that you can employ that are not willpower or motivation? (laughs) Willpower and motivation are like the strategies people try to rely on. And in my experience, they just don't cut it. Right. I mean, because they're dependent on so many things, our emotional state, if we've eaten that day, you know, all these things. Right. And so grumpy, we're hangry. Right. Like who knows what's going on? And so I, the strategies that I tend to find work the best for the widest variety of clients that I have are number one, convenience and inconvenience, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are trying to build it, like, let's say you're trying to go running or whatever, put out your running clothes the night before, or like even sleep in them, you know, (laughs) like if that's going to be the I do know people who sleep in their running clothes. It's like, I mean, I know for myself, it's like, Every weekend morning, I put on a sports bra first thing because I know that then one, I can just kind of leave whenever I need, whenever I have 20 minutes, my kids don't need me, whatever it is, I can go on a run. And also I know that if I get to, you know, seven or 8 PM and I'm still wearing a sports bra and I haven't exercised, that's going to be a little bit extra, you know, it's up there. <laughs> and then I also think like the, the strategies of, ha- of pairing and stacking work really well. So Absolutely. the strategy of, you know, pairing for those who don't know around, like, I'm going to take something I really enjoy and marry it to something I'm trying to do. And so, you know, a lot of my clients, this will show up in the form of, okay, you've got six months of unopened mail <laughs> needs to get opened. Let's do it while watching your guiltiest pleasure TV show, right? Nice. <laughs> or something like that. And then stacking, which is obviously where um, we just attach it to an already strongly held habit. So we're kind of, we're saying, okay, we know this habit loop is about having you know, a trigger, a routine and a reward. So let's just try to extend it instead of trying to move all the pieces at once. Right. So for me, that's vitamins. Yeah. I always forget to take my vitamins. So yeah. I now just stack that on top of what I do normally every day, twice a day, which is brush my teeth. Yeah. Now I do know there are people with ADHD who struggle to remember brushing their teeth. But if you're a brush your teeth person and you can add in something to that easily, the other one you'll love this that I add to brushing my teeth is uh, plugging in my technology. 
Mm-hmm. because I plug it in in the bathroom right next to the sink, not yeah. like right, right next right. to the sink. It's not getting wet. Yeah. One, because, oh, so this feeds the other habit yeah. and why I had to redo this habit. So I have to kind of step back. So I mm-hmm. wanted to incorporate more reading into my life, specifically nonfiction reading. And I was finding that I wasn't doing it during the day. I'm super busy. I have clients, I'm filming things, whatever I'm doing. And I realized the only way I was really going to get reading into the day was to do it first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I plug in the Kindle in the bathroom so that I can roll out of bed to the Kindle, <laughs> grab it, yeah. and roll back to bed with it so that I can read for about 15 minutes each morning. Now, and I'm sure you tell your clients this too, reading the Kindle before you're going to sleep is no bueno. It is not good to read the Kindle right before you go to sleep because the light is affecting you in the wrong way. And it won't make you sleepy. So I read an actual real book at night before I go to sleep, like a fiction book. But yeah. first thing in the morning, even though technically you should have regular natural light, I kind of break this rule and I actually get the Kindle out. But I have it on um, the dark screen. I don't have it on the bright white screen, which yeah. helps. Yeah. And I have a lot of clients who will use like blue blocker glasses and things like that as well to help with like if they are just people who are are going to read a Kindle and not a book, right? right? There are other ways that we can to mitigate that. But I totally agree. Like you got to find the thing. I know for me, a recent habit that I've finally cracked the nut on, you know, you've had those things you've been struggling with for 20 years. And for me, I'm a little embarrassed to say it's flossing my teeth. <laughs> like I just wasn't consistent. I was doing it a few times a week, but just it's like not, not- fun. Not super consistently. And I figured it out. And here's like, I'm applying so many strategies now. It's that I have an alarm that's set on my, like a little alarm on my phone that goes off at 10 PM when I'm usually in bed at that time. And that wasn't enough. I had to put a little like cup full of those flossers directly on my nightside table because now all I have to do is reach my arm over and grab one. Right. And it seems so ridiculous, but when I had to stand up and walk three feet to the bathroom, right, this wasn't happening, <laughs> you know. Yep. And and I think there's this great thing we're talking about here, which is is that you might need visual reminders. Mm-hmm. Your workout clothes out, staring at your face first thing in the morning. Your Kindle near the bathroom, so you know you've actually plugged it in before you go to sleep. Your flossers in a place where you're going to see them because in their drawer, and you're trying to build that habit. Meh. You don't know, maybe if you put the flossers right next to the toothpaste in the drawer and there's nothing else in the drawer, (laughs) those flossers are going to get lost in that drawer. That's just how that's going to roll in my household. I can tell you now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I'm, I'm so with you on visual reminders. I mean, that's why I have my goals, like my quarterly goals. I have those in a quarter long calendar appointment that just appears at the top of my calendar because... Otherwise, like I want to be confronted every time I'm in my calendar with is what I'm putting on here actually supportive of the goals I'm trying to reach. Right. Right. And I love you're taking this to business now because one of the things I do is I put my values and needs are stuck on a sort of like a on the top of the desk file cabinet thing. And Mm -hmm. I can see them all the time. So if I'm talking to you and we're making a plan about something to do, I can quickly look at my values and needs and say, does that meet my values and needs? Is that something I want? Which Mm -hmm. helps us build that habit of being able to say, possibly no. Yeah. Right. And helps you feel better about being able to say no, because it's so darn hard to say no. 
right? And it, it makes you feel really great about your yes when you can say no to the things that don't matter. Because every time we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. Yeah. So something we don't even know that exists yet, right? Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Let's talk a little bit about business and sort of having this laptop business. Mm-hmm. I have a husband whose job requires him to be pretty close to home. So Mm -hmm. during the pandemic, we weren't able to get off and travel very much. We did do a month in our beach home and my husband kind of commuted back and forth for long weekends here and there. But you were able to do some amazing things travel-wise during the pandemic, which is incredible. And I'd love to talk about those and how that worked with your business. How did you make those two things work? Yeah. So, you know, as, as you're mentioning, so in, in my family, my husband is a co-founder of a tech startup. And so he can kind of work from anywhere as well. And, you know, I, I work for myself as well. And so about three, four months into fully quarantining at home, not going anywhere at all, not to the grocery store, my husband was just like, I don't think I can do it. Like, I can't, I don't think I can do this. And he's like, and it was also kind of that period of time where the U.S. stopped talking about how we're going to stop the spread. And it was more like, how, what are we going to do with all these dead bodies? You know? And, yeah. and he was just like, we got to go. And I was like, what do you mean? Where are we going to go? We can't travel. We can't do anything. And so he started doing a bunch of research and it turned out that we could go to South Korea because you did not need a visa. You could be there for three months without a visa. And they were wow. accepting Americans <laughs> and they, it was safe. Like their, their COVID was very, you know, there was not a lot of COVID going on right then. So Within like the span of two weeks, we packed up our kids and ourselves, got on a plane to South Korea, <laughs> quarantined in a hotel there as was required by the government for a couple of weeks, and then kind of tried to figure out what our next moves were. And we ended up in Taiwan where I, some friends of ours were, and that's where we ended up for kind of the long term. And we just got back into the US a few months ago. And so we ran, you know, it's like, yes, we, had, we were incredibly lucky and incredibly privileged to be able to, to do this. And then in terms of how we made it work, I mean, we lived a vampire schedule for a year. So my kids were in school in San Francisco, school, virtual school in San Francisco. Yeah. And we were working at night because our clients and stuff. So we had this very specific regimen where like we would, everyone would go to bed between like my youngest kid was going to bed at like 1 PM in the afternoon. And we, my husband and I would try to be asleep by like three or 4 PM in the afternoon. And then everyone woke up at midnight. We did school and work from, you know, midnight until 9 AM. And then we had our day, (laughs) which was from like 9 AM until, you know, two or whenever it was that we were going to go. And so it challenged a lot of my notions about things because I, I am like a, night person through and through. Like waking up has been the hardest part of my day since I was five years old. I am 40 years old and I still require multiple alarms to go off to get me up. Like it's really hard. And so I I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it, you know, like at, at this. But we took melatonin, we had like natural sunlight lamps that we brought with us wow. and we maintained a really strict like regimen so that we could do it. And we did it for a year. And That's now we're incredible. back. <laughs> That's incredible. We, I, I am not a night owl at all. I am a morning bird. So that would be very hard for me. Yeah. It would probably be okay if I had to start at three or four in the morning. Yeah. But I'd be, <laughs> be a fast fade by noon if that was the case. 
Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it's interesting. I would say it was easier than I expected it to be given how hard it is for me to just wake up. It's like, it doesn't really matter what time I'm waking up. It's always hard for me to wake up. And so I thought that it was going to be really, really difficult. And what I found was that because all of us were on the same schedule, it was much easier to deal with. Whereas I had a lot of friends who were in Taiwan who were kind of trying to straddle um, their kids being in public school in Taiwan and then them having jobs back in California and like, you know, trying to wake up at 3 a.m. to get some work done and then take their kids, but they can't go to bed until 8 p.m. because their kids don't. And that just seemed just infinitely harder than what we did. That does sound really hard. So it was fun. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I, I almost feel guilty talking about it because it's like, this has been a really rough period of time for everyone. And right. like, we did something that we have the incredible privilege to be able to do just based on like the fact that we work for ourselves and, and our kids' schools were completely remote and they weren't doing anything else. And so, yeah, it feels, I always feel a little weird talking about it because I'm like, oh, we did this awesome thing during the pandemic. And I think about my kids going to college and like tell, talking, you know, talking with their friends about the pandemic and they're like, oh, well, we just like left the country. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know? <laughs> you just imagine, right? Yeah, just imagine. How fun. I mean, was yeah. it, a, it was, must have been an incredible experience for them. I assume when you were on vacations that you were able to explore yeah. parts of the world that you might never, ever get a chance to see. Yeah. I mean, it was a really great, like it was so good for the kids also to just, you know, see how other people live um, in lots of different situations. It was great to be able to, yeah, like we would, whenever we were on quote a vacation, we would flip our schedule back to like, you know, normal schedule of wherever we are <laughs> so that we could actually enjoy it during the daytime. Right. But yeah, we were able to, to live in places that had relative, like very, very low COVID. I mean, Taiwan had like no COVID for the vast majority that we were there. And yet everyone was still masking and doing a really good job of protecting each other. And so it just right. it felt like a very different reality than, than the U.S. was during that time. That's fantastic. And I mean, now we're immersed in it again. Right, right. Although my theory, and I don't want to get too far off on this, is that this is going to take us to endemic level because so many people will have gotten it. I just pray that everybody stays safe and you know yeah. not in the hospital. Yeah. But by the time this airs, I think we're going to be past the peak. And so it'll be interesting to look back and listen to this and see where it's really at. (laughs) Well, no, were we too optimistic or (laughs) was it, did I speak too soon? Yeah. (laughs) No, I really think by April we'll be, I don't think we'll be endemic by mid February, but I do think maybe by April we'll start to really be digging out of this mess. And then it's going to become like the flu where it's just a chance you get it every year. And Mm -hmm. you can get your vaccines every year, get your vaccine or you don't, I'm not going to have a problem with people who choose not to, that's their choice. We just been through having had COVID in the household. And I can tell you that, you know, we had just been boosted and well, we were talking about it before. We don't know whether it was that we were um, positive and just asymptomatic or whether we didn't have it. I was tested, we tested negative. So, yeah. you know, we did, we did all the things we did the 10 day yeah. quarantine. We did all the things. But here we are. So it'll be fascinating to see. So we've talked about Havocs. We talked about working overseas uh, virtually by a laptop. What are some of the ways you stayed productive when you had to be up in the middle of the night? Yeah. So I think like number one was really committing to getting eight hours of sleep. 
So Ooh. if I was going to be on a random time zone, I needed to make sure that I was really getting the, the sleep that I needed and that I really stuck to my regimen of melatonin and then like lights in the morning or the, the morning being midnight right when right. we woke up. I think another thing was that was really helpful for our family just in general was every new place we got to, because, you know, when we were, for, there was a period of time before we kind of got settled somewhere where we were kind of air, moving from Airbnb to Airbnb every few weeks just depending. And so we would get into a, an Airbnb or, you know, our apartment or whatever, and we would immediately define zones for everyone. Right. So where, where is each person going to work? Where does their, you know, their school stuff live? Where does their, you know, their, their work stuff live? Who's going to need to be like, I'm, everyone tells me in my family, I'm the loudest one. So like, lucky me, I always got my own room with a door to shut because no one wanted to hear my loud voice with my clients, <laughs> you know? And so always making sure that we had just a zone for each person. I think that was really, really helpful. Having schedule, like we, we became very, like very big on posted schedules everywhere. Ooh. So in front of my office store, or my off, you know, quotes office store or each of my kids, we would print up a schedule every week that clearly just had, when are they in meetings and classes and when are we not so that we didn't interrupt each other. Wow. So it was it was a lot of uh, a lot of kind of logistical work to make it work smoothly, right? Yeah, yeah. Here you are. Yeah, yeah. That's so what was the most said. fun thing that happened when you were over there? Oh, Whether it was I mean, Korea or Taiwan, what was the most fun? Oh, I think well, Taiwan was really fun because I actually had like a group of friends who some of them I knew from before, but some of them I made there, and so I was actually able to kind of strengthen relationships and things in a way where. In, you know, in Korea, we were just kind of like, we didn't know anyone, we you know, were there, it's all our family. But I think that, you know, what was really, what was really nice is just being able to kind of be with your family 24 seven for this period of time. And of course, like it does, it's not all roses, right? No, <laughs> let's just say, but I think there's something kind of amazing about that, just that kind of closeness that, I don't know. I mean, there's no other, I can't imagine another time where I'm going to be in the house with both my kids and my husband for two years, you know, right. fingers crossed at least. Yeah. I don't think so. I've got a teenager who's driving, so yeah, she's on that track to be out yeah. the door. So yeah. it has been really nice to have her around um, more than I probably would have in right. sophomore and junior year. Right. We kept our circle small so mm-hmm. that her circle didn't have to shrink so much. That's good. Yeah. So she sees friends some. Yeah. Gets out some. Does school of rock. Has a life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> we don't. We, you know, we ski. Um, yeah. My husband snowshoes while we ski. Yeah. We just have really limited who we see. Yeah. So that she can have that. Because we feel it's really important. I mean, she's in high school. If she was younger, it might have been a different story. Yeah. But as a high schooler, I think it's really important for her to be able to get out and do things. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think kids are all different too. It's like, I have one kid who would like, he's like, pandemic, great. I could just sit in my bed all day on Discord, no problem. And I have another kid who is like, I need people. I need to see people. I need to get out. And so, you know, you're, you're always- I, I have the first one. Yeah. I have one who's, I, I tease her that she's the sloth on the sofa. She's right. got um, inattentive ADHD and she's very happy as a homebody. Yep. But, but the bit that she does get out, she loves, she really enjoys it. So I didn't want her to be not able to do that, to have those opportunities. So, 
Yeah. Yet the many ways we sacrifice for our children that we could never have imagined. <laughs> right. We didn't mind. I mean, we've done some fun things. We learned how to play pickleball cool. and pickleball's outside. So yeah. that was a great way to spend outdoor time. Yeah. Like I said, we ski and snowshoe. We probably do more outdoor activities now. I take power walks outside. I was bemoaning as I put on my 17th layer yesterday, how much I wish I could just go to a gym and work out <laughs> because going outside is really not fun when it's really, really cold. Yeah. But, you know, so. Well, I'll tell you, I have a problem, you know, first world problems. I will say, I, yes, you're right. Connecticut is way colder than San Francisco, but I actually recently got a VR headset for workouts. Because I, and so like that has actually changed things. So I'm like, oh, I can do like a real sweaty workout, like in my office. (laughs) I don't have to go outside for that. So, well, and I have to say about the VR headset, I put it on and I'm a little discombobulated. I don't quite know where I am in space. Yeah. (laughs) So I have this deep fear of trying to do anything too intense with the VR headset on because I'm afraid I'm going to fall over. (laughs) Right. I, uh, that is a real concern. It's a real concern. Oh, I'm not crazy then. That makes me feel. No, I think you do lose like, you do definitely get immersed in another world that isn't yours. And I have totally like hit my hand on the wall or like something else when I'm just like, you know, in the workout that I'm doing. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That's hard to believe. We're kind of like wrapping up on time. I would love it if you would give your favorite productivity strategy app trick tool. You can do more than one if you want. Okay, great. I'll do, I'll do a couple. So I think the two things that I, that I talk about all the time is what just like never rely on your memory. Our memories are not a good tool for, for task management, for being less stressed for all of these things. And so I always say, whatever method that is, have a single place where you're storing all the stuff that you need to do. Right. My favorite app, if you're an app person is called tick, tick, not TikTok. That is something totally different, but tick, tick. <laughs> T-I-C-K, T-I-C-K. And so I often recommend that to my clients just because it's really easy to use. Um, and a lot of people really enjoy it and it, it's free and it syncs everywhere. It's nice. Right. And then the other thing is I have a, a distraction action plan that you'll put the, into the show notes, I hope. And this is something that people can download to just try to look for themselves for five minutes and say, okay, what are the primary distractors that I have in my world? And what can I do about them? What are small tweaks I can make to eliminate those? Because you know, studies show that most people end up spending about a third of their day just recovering from these distractions. And so anything we can do to reduce the distractions and we live in the real world, we can't eliminate them, but there's a lot of things we can do to just set ourselves up for success there. Awesome. So name a distraction. What's your favorite one that's tricky for people to deal with? Notifications. Just oh God! Notifications. You on mean the button. pinging on the computer? Yes, pinging and the dinging. Got rid of that years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't even think about it anymore because you don't have it. You're like me. I also don't. You know, I I have turned all that stuff off. People are really scared often to turn these off. They're so afraid they're going to miss something. But I have never had a client turn off notifications and then decide to turn them back on. So I have a client, and yeah. this is so you'll love this story. I was so proud of her. I sent out the form she used to fill out before coaching and I forgot to send it out on the weekend. I just, there were other things going on. And so I sent it Monday morning, forgetting that of course she's not checking email before 10 a.m. So we meet at 11 and I said, okay, now let me just check for your form. She's like, what for? I said, the one I sent you in the email this morning, she said, I don't check email in the morning anymore before 
whatever, 11 a.m. Yeah. I guess it was 11 a.m. and she hadn't checked yet. And I was like, practically dancing around the room. I was so happy yes. because this is really changing her life. She's getting yes. things done first thing in the morning, right? So this yes. is how she got around the ding problem. <laughs> she figured out, and I mean, you can do this, a very specific ding only for the CEO of her company. Yeah. So the only email that will ding is when one comes in from her CEO. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything else is shut off. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. And I, I, that's so, it's so amazing. Right. I, I have the same kind of like just internal joy and pride when it's like, I I'll tell you this quick story. I'm working with a client who was referred by another client. They work together. And he, one of the new ones said, I just couldn't believe it when I asked this person for something. And he said, I don't check email on the weekend. And I said, yes, like, yes. You people are our people. That's what we want. Doing it. Like he said he was going to do it. He's actually doing it, even though like we don't really even work together. I'm like, oh, he did it. So I I feel you right there. Boundaries. It's how we reclaim our time. Yes. Distraction action plan. Where else can people find you, Alexis? The best place to find me is on my website, alexishasselberger.com. Also, I'm on Instagram at do.more.stress.less. Do.more.stress.less. Yes. That's your video too, right? On YouTube? On YouTube, it's do more, stress less. And on Facebook, it's do more, stress less. With Instagram, it has the dots because people were confused about what it was saying. (laughs) So they looked at it. So I changed it. Is that naughty? What are you trying to say there? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. People were like, what does this mean? I guess when you look at it all together, it makes some word that people couldn't understand. So, okay. (laughs) There we are. (laughs) To each his own. (laughs) Yes. It's all good. I am thrilled you came on. I hope people got a ton out of this. I know I did. Super fun to hear how you spent time away at a time where it was not easy to do so. And I am thrilled for you. Like I said, we actually got away for a little bit to our beach home for about a month. We know that we'll probably never get that opportunity again. Our daughter wanted to go, did not want to go remote. She wanted to go full-time. So we had to kind of make that all work (laughs) in 2021, uh, in 2020 into 2021. And in 21, 22, it seems to be a lot easier. So hopefully we're Getting to the other side of this, I hope our listeners are healthy and happy. Hit Alexis up for that distraction action plan. It sounds amazing. I've done it. I really like it. And uh, and I'm in the world of productivity. So if I can get something out of it, you definitely can. Have a great one, everyone. Thanks so much for being here, Alexis. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.